Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Graham Anderson. I'm joined by David Allen. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Yeah, we're uh, here to bring you another week of news. Uh, we took last week off, so uh, fortunately there was nothing to talk about, so you guys didn't miss anything. This week there are things to talk about, and we will keep you from missing those. Uh, we're going to do a rundown of headlines uh, that have accumulated over the week or so, uh, starting off with Microsoft thinking about making Windows 12 a subscription. Uh, we're going back to Windows actually costing some money from us. Uh, we'll see where that might lead to. We're going to talk about Microsoft releasing uh, Gold Shadow Special Edition for the Xbox controller. Uh, it's a really cool black and gold looking thing. Uh, Microsoft's uh, OneDrive update, uh, enhanced content and access and file shortcuts. Uh, we're also going to be talking about um, Microsoft uh, getting into with the CMA once again, but not over what you might think it was, uh, what it might be. Zoom launching a competitor to Google Docs and Microsoft Word, uh, which it kind of is a notion copycat thing, but hey, who knows if it'll work for them. And then going over all the details of the next generation of OneDrive that they had, uh, they had a special event that was kind of overshadowed by <clears throat> the Google event. Uh, but uh, there's a ton of stuff coming to OneDrive. I think we've hinted about it over the past couple of months of some of this stuff, if you've been following, if you have it. Uh, fortunately, you dropped in at the right time to get all the information. And then we'll be talking about our main discussion, uh, which is actually Microsoft's hopefully last bout with the CMA over Activision, uh, the Activision Blizzard deal. So uh, let's get into it. David, give us our first headline, shall you? Shall we? Well, I'm going to jump right to the uh, money headline here. Microsoft could introduce, as you mentioned, a subscription-based windows services service for our windows software now as we know for the last several versions of windows windows has been pretty much free we haven't had to pay for it we could download it i do remember back in the day i paid for windows 95 i believe and i believe i paid for windows me and then after that you know things kind of got a little weird so basically what we're seeing here is someone by the name of DeskModder on Twitter is has seen in the code where there are several references to subscription edition, subscription type, subscription status, whether your subscription is enabled or disabled, which kind of points to the fact that Microsoft could be getting ready to bundle things together. We have talked about it in previous episodes they they could be getting ready to bundle things together where you buy one item and it gets your windows subscription your xbox subscription your office 365 subscription and i'm gonna be honest with you i don't totally agree with this logic i think um apple to my knowledge has never charged for their os chrome of course Chrome OS, Google has never charged for. So if Microsoft gets back into charging for the OS and there's no free option, you know, what does that mean for consumers? Now, let me be clear. We don't have any hard evidence of any subscription plans coming or what this is going to cost or when it may go into effect. This is just something here that DeskModder has seen in the code that could be introducing the concept of a Microsoft Windows subscription service. So don't get too upset just yet. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep it short and uh, say that I don't believe uh, this is what we're thinking it's going to be. I don't think Microsoft is going to start charging that because uh, they'd essentially be double dipping. Uh, they already charge a licensee fee to OEMs who provide the hardware uh, that we put Windows on to begin with. Uh, this isn't like um, they want to stifle uh, laptop sales by saying, all right, keep keep your you know, five-year-old laptop and just get new Windows for it because uh, that would de-incentivize uh, people from buying new laptops, which is, you know, they don't want to do that to their partners. I think what this is actually going to be is more along, you know, what we've been kind of saying is that Microsoft is going to move stuff to the cloud uh, and they have already started implementing settings uh, options in the new out of, uh, what is out of the box experience for Windows 11. I think it's going to be the same thing for Windows 12 where if you want to pay for a subscription uh, part of it, or maybe this comes as a bundle of Microsoft 365, you'll be able to move all that stuff over more freely when you buy a new device. So uh, it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys have ever used Samsung Cloud or anything like that, uh, but it's an app uh, where you can basically transfer all your settings, your apps, the background, wallpapers, all that kind of stuff from device to device without um, needing to hardwire anything in. So. Again, I think with the subscription version, you'll be able to move all of your Windows uh, settings and, and preferences and apps and all that kind of stuff from device to device uh, based on this kind of thing. And I think this is also just uh, tags in here to make sure that anybody who has a Microsoft 365 subscription, uh, they will know which individual apps are uh, turned on and off uh, in this subscription, so to speak. I, I don't think they're going to start charging individually uh, for Windows as uh, going forward, at least not Windows 12 and, and going forward, I don't think. It could also be, you know, we covered it, I guess it's been a month or two ago now, where there's the integration between a cloud PC and your local PC, kind of like, you know, having two desktops up it could be something there where the integration between the cloud PC and the local PC and the subscription goes a bit further and they bake everything in. You take somebody that's got a low-end PC. Hey, I would love to access the cloud PC to, you know, to do task XYZ. Well, you can now go into Windows and subscribe to your cloud PC through your local PC and sign into your cloud PC and never leave your local desktop, if that makes sense. That, that, that could be in play there too, I suppose. Yeah, and I think that's also for businesses as well to speak, uh, instead of uh, necessarily getting uh, uh, new devices that way, that they can start to issue uh, employees versions of the tape with them uh, when they go travel and things like that as well. So. Uh, we don't need to belabor that. Uh, that's not our main discussion. Well, what's our next headline? Let's see. We have. Oh, actually, you know what? I will take the next one. Okay. Go hand. for it. I'm going to jump in line. Uh, I'm going to start talking about Microsoft being in trouble with uh, antitrust investigation uh, in the EU and, and uh, the UK. Um, 
We know that they are in trouble in the EU, uh, specifically for the way that they do Azure and the way it's been bundled or whatnot. But the CMA is now uh, about to uh, open up a formal investigation into uh, cloud, uh, the way that they do cloud licensing. Uh, they aren't the only ones. This isn't like a singled out attack. This isn't retribution for the Activision deal. Uh, they are also targeting uh, Amazon. These happen. These two happen to be the largest uh, cloud providers uh, as of right now. But the probe stems from a telecoms regulator, Ofcom's identification of various challenges associated with cloud services. Notably, the regulator highlighted obstacles that impede customers from switching providers and utilizing multiple cloud suppliers. Uh, the obstacles include charges associated with data migration, discount uh, discounts limited to single cloud usage, and technical bar barriers to switching between providers. Uh, specifically, the CMA targets Microsoft referring to concerns about soft, uh, certain software licensing practices raised by Ofcom's report. The CMA's independent inquiry group will now investigate to determine uh, whether competition in, the, in this market is working well, and if not, uh, what action should be taken to address it, any issues uh, that it finds. And this is uh, from Sarah Cardell, the CEO of CMA, that's what she's saying. Uh, the CMA's market investigation is expected to spend 18 months, uh, which is uh, with the statutory deadline set for April 4th, 2025. So we'll be filling you guys in on all the news throughout next year. This is just kind of giving you a heads up. Uh, we're about to get into another, you know, regulatory bout with the CMA, but over something different. Uh, during this period, the UK regular, regulators will examine potential theories of harm and propose rem, uh, remedial actions to rectify the situation. They, again, they can't stop any, there's no deals going on, but uh, they may implement uh, new breakage points for Microsoft as far as the way it bundles certain things, the way it prices certain things, uh, and its migration tools. Uh, they, they may need to provide more. So uh, again, just a heads up, Microsoft is in trouble or could potentially be in trouble once again in the UK. Not surprised by this at all. And I think this is the starting point of, let's call it the cloud wars. I, I think this is, this is the starting point of the cloud wars. And I think Microsoft is kind of just, you know, the one on everybody's mind right now. And that's who, you know, that's who we're going to check out first because when I think of cloud wars, I literally think of clouds. I mean, and that may sound stupid, but you know, there's there's this big vast thing we call the cloud, and everybody's got their slice. Google has their slice, Microsoft has their slice, Amazon has their slice, and somehow we're all supposed to play fair. We're all supposed to have same pricing across the board, and Microsoft has been accused of you know, backdoor deals in the past. They have been accused of this country gets things a little cheaper than this country. And, you know, everybody's fighting for the, you know, fighting for their slice of the pie. So Microsoft, you're first up, Amazon, Google, and any other cloud provider out there that, you know, that's thinking about entering the space, they're watching to see what happens to you so they know how to fight their battle when it comes because this will eventually make its way to everybody and i think this cloud competition thing is kind of going to be the new operating system wars of the 80s and early 90s are you going to get apple are you going to get windows you're going to you know or get some third party bos or os2 warp like back in the day that we you know we argued over these operating systems and who was fair and who was doing what now 2020 2023 we're going to argue with cloud and i think we're going to argue about cloud for a few years to come I mean, we've been arguing about cloud for quite a while now. Um, 
in all fairness, they are investigating uh, Amazon. I think to your point, this is the start of the cloud wars with regulators more so than with mm-hmm. the, with each other. I think we are in we're still in the early days. Don't get me wrong about people or businesses migrating to the cloud. Uh, but I think you know there's been it's been well established that Amazon is the biggest player, followed by Microsoft, uh, right right underneath it, and then Google kind of trailing behind. And I think there's IBM, the Salesforce, and some other companies as well. But I think the regulators are now businesses are complaining more now that they've kind of dipped their toes in it. They're they're looking at their options and they're complaining to regulators saying that hey, what's been established over the last I don't know six seven years isn't working for us. Let's figure out a way to kind of mold it before it gets really out of hand. And I think that's the start of the war that you're maybe referencing. I think so. I think it's going to get a little crazy. And I think, you know, cloud is expensive in general. When you're talking public cloud, the Microsoft cloud, the you know Google cloud, that's expensive compared to other options or even, you know, private cloud options. I think you're going to see things get more expensive because something's going to have to pay these le- these legal bills so i'm interested to see where cloud is in general say two years from now if even two years right. from now it just depends on you know yeah. how quick these things come right exactly what's our next headline all right let's have a little gaming fun uh mike i'm usually not into these things but i saw this come out this week I usually buy the stock controllers and I'm kind of plain. I stick with the stock stuff, but there was a Gold Shadow Special Edition Xbox controller that came out this week that when I saw it, that's the first one I've seen in a long time that I said, you know, that's pretty cool. I might have to go pick one of those up. The front of the controller is a gold color and basically the back of the controller is almost like a metallic black type finish and it molds itself after the shadow series of designs and it is the typical controller that you would expect that has all the features for the next generation console you have the pressure sensitive buttons you have the smooth gaming pad with the rubberized texture you have its bluetooth compatible for the pc gamers out there or the tablet gamers out there you can pair it right up with your device and also use it there and it is available october 17th and you can pre-order it now for 69.99 also remember that it does have the ability through the xbox accessories app to set up profiles which is neat you can make the buttons anything you want them to be so if you are a playstation player for example and prefer your button swap to more of the playstation style you can do that kind of helps helps out with some of your muscle memory or trigger memory there i know i have mapped it out several times when playing between consoles so that's a pretty cool option to have check that out if you need a controller cool i'm going to take us drag us back in the corporate world uh, we got Zoom launching a, competi- a competing product to Microsoft Word and Google Docs with Zoom Docs. Uh, Zoom announced the new product, Zoom Docs, at Zoomtopia 2023. That was this week. I didn't know that was a thing. It sounds ridiculous, but it, it's it's real. And Zoom Docs is described as a modular, flexible, AI-powered workspace designed to address the challenges of hybrid work. Uh, during the Zoom uh, during Zoom meetings, people will. Uh, be able to collaborate on documents, uh, wikis, and workflows using Zoom Docs. Uh, the AI-powered features, uh, such as AI Companion, I think they're, you know, 
It's not necessarily co-pilot, but it's a companion or integrated to assist with docs, uh, creating docs and editing and brainstorming and, uh, content generation. Uh, Zoom Docs is capable of integrating information from Zoom meetings to enhance document content, which makes sense. Uh, users can create customizable layouts and workflows using content blocks and organize data managing projects and track uh, tasks using table blocks. Uh, it supports the creation of wikis and linking pages in a visual tree for using navigation, as well as organizing documents in the folders for better uh, knowledge management. Zoom Docs are accessible on multiple platforms, including Zoom meetings, Team Chat, uh, and various Zoom desktop web, web and mobile apps. Uh, it's expected to be generally available in 2024. Uh, again, the first thing that kind of crops in everyone's mind uh, is Notion when you use the word wiki and um, tree uh, management. Uh, so um, it's great that you know that they're offering this. I think that there are obviously tons of people who use Zoom. Uh, I think the question is uh, how many people collaborate outside of Zoom will use this stuff? Because I think it's one yeah, thing to do exactly your honest call gone. versus collaborating outside of it. You know, using necessarily Word or OneNote or Loop or Google Docs or uh, whatever Amazon is using for their their thing, because people will use these things day in and day out before they get on a phone call. And then they bring those things into the call itself, into the video call. So, uh, like I said, I, I am not one to say like one's better than the other. I just want to know how often the usage outside of Zoom uh, will this will this have? That, that was my concern, because, you know, you take us, for example, we use the Microsoft ecosystem to do this podcast here. We've got you know, teams up, which could, I guess, be Zoom, but we've also got, you know, OneNote or Loop up and running, you know, and that's what we use day to day, not just in our calls. That's where our info is. So it's like, you know, to, to use your point, what makes a company say, hey, we're going to possibly consider abandoning our current workflow and we're going to move everything to Zoom and we're going to do this so companies don't have to keep track of two things. I think that's where these services struggle. I think that's where cloud storage services struggle that are third party because it's all about that integration factor. When you're in a business, you want to sit down, open up your, I call it your daily apps, you know, open up your workflow and have access to everything. When you start having to go outside of that workflow, one, something we have to remember it's costing these companies more money because the companies in most cases pay for a workflow our editor pays for office 365 for for business that's what we use for our workflow what would make our editor for example step outside and say okay guys here's a zoom subscription so you guys can put your notes in zoom go have at it i think that's where not to knock zoom good idea zoom but I think that's where all of these services that are third party outside of the Amazons, the Googles and the Microsofts struggle. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. What's our next topic? Well, let's see what we have. Speaking of OneNote, let me bounce back over here to our OneNote and see what we have. Come on, OneNote, you're misbehaving. I was just talking positive about you. I know. I think it's time to use Zoom Notes or whatever they we, call it. 
We may have to. My one note kind of closed here. Just a second. It's Folks. okay. I got uh, I got a what you new got? section, which is Microsoft OneDrive updates, enhanced content yeah. access, and file yep. shortcuts. Got it. Uh, Let's it, see. Okay. We had Microsoft announce two features this week on the OneDrive roadmap. I know my buddy Kareem here. He's he's still waiting on his OneDrive update. He, he's just. From what you've said in the past few weeks, you just haven't been getting the OneDrive updates over in that. I believe you're in the Canary channel. Uh, yeah, I'm in the get kicked out. You don't get anything channel. <laughs> no soup so, for you, Chad. Nothing for you. Well, maybe you'll get these. Uh, OneDrive for the web is getting a new feature that allow users to add individual file shortcuts. With enhance with this enhancement, user, users can create shortcuts to files that are stored in other users' OneDrive account. That's interesting. And their document libraries. This will make things more, make things easier. Like for example, if I've got access to something in Kareem's folder, I can make a shortcut to someone else that needs it so someone else can get access to it. Now, the other feature we have that's on the roadmap that came on the roadmap October 4th and is available worldwide it allows you to access other tools through onedrive such as microsoft list power by loop whiteboard and other microsoft services this one is expected to be available sometime in mid to late november it will start with the office 365 for business then it's going to go to the government group with the dod for example then it's going to slide down to the educational folks and kind of to piggyback on just what we were talking about you choose your file storage slash sharing platform usually based on what your company chooses to provide for you which kind of backs off who gets the best licensing deal for what they want that's kind of how that all shakes out and you have the drop boxes of the world out there that are out there that are third party that are good services. You have the Google drives out there, but we over the last few years, we've kind of gotten to where all these online storage services are the same. You're looking at what's the price per gigabyte? What gets me the most storage? What's the cheapest per user license? So it's nice to see Microsoft say hey we're going to start kicking in some new features do some things in onedrive that maybe others haven't done yet to maybe get you to use onedrive versus some of the competitors so this is good to see i hope my buddy on the other side of the screen here starts getting his updates for onedrive real soon uh speaking of updates for onedrive uh they held an event this week again overshadowed by uh some other things going on in the news yeah. But uh, it was to showcase basically version three of OneDrive. Um, what's going to be coming uh, to users hopefully soon, uh, which is a whole heaping bunch of features and UI changes and whatnot. Uh, OneDrive is getting a whole new like makeover. And uh, just to kind of go through some of those, because again, it was a long list. There's a uh, write up about it and a video attached to it. I think the video is about 30 minutes long. The presentation itself was almost 30, 35 minutes. So uh, we advise you to go check all that all that out for specific details that may pertain to you know questions you might have that don't get answered in this section. But uh, like I said, briefly going over it, we will be getting new eye changes um, that offer some new organizational changes in OneDrive uh, that will include 
the for you section. It's kind of like uh, imagine what File Explorer kind of presents when it presents you the home screen, or when you go to I think uh, your Microsoft or your Office 365. It's that kind of pane that has like oh recently used apps, um, apps that uh, we suggest things like that. Uh, there's a meetings view. Uh, the meetings view will show you upcoming and past meetings along with meeting recordings and shared files, which is great for those of us who host podcasts together. Uh, a people's view. Sometimes you don't remember the name of a file, but you do remember the person who shared it with you. Uh, it'll kind of look like, I guess, the uh, people's section in Google Photos when you need to go search via people. Uh, there's a shared view, uh, which again, you can just kind of Look at all the files that have been shared amongst with you. It's kind of like in Google Drive, they have that view. Colorful folders is going to be a, a visual uh, update. There's going to be a favorite section, which will keep track of important files, um, kind of like your pin to uh, pin to quick access. Shortcuts and simplified sharing are going to be some of these just views that you can go into that help organize. Because right now you just have the you know span of uh, folders in OneDrive and on the side, you can kind of pick through, I think it's files, photos, shared with me and a couple other things, uh, but these are a little more organized. The new OneDrive experience will also incorporate some of the followings, uh, which is files on demands from the web, uh, offline at file access, which I think we mentioned a few weeks back how mm -hmm. that's gonna work. Uh, we're gonna be having an offline mode in general so that again, if you decide to start creating a file or something like that, as soon as you get back online, that file syncs right up to OneDrive automatically and vice versa. Uh, and add new where, when you're ready to create new files without leaving OneDrive. Just tap the add new button, uh, which is kind of cool. A media view, uh, this will, this is a new view that will help you organize all your images, video, and media in one place. Uh, again, this media view is expected to show up in the summer of 2024, so don't you know, hold your breath anytime soon. Uh, and then uh, there's the more professional aspect of this, which is going to be the stuff that they give to admins for people who control, uh, you know, shared resources amongst businesses, which is advanced security and governance tools. Uh, they'll be available through the SharePoint advanced management uh, interface, granular uh, conditional access policies, restricted access controls, cross-tenant OneDrive migration, which will allow uh, moving between OneDrive, uh, your OneDrive content across uh, tenants block uh, download policy. So, you know, you can't go and torrent anything nefariously and drop it in your OneDrive uh, folder. Collaboration insights, which I think is gonna be key. Uh, and data export for OneDrive sync clients. Uh, admins uh, reports as a Microsoft graph uh, data content uh, via SharePoint. So you'll be able to get all that kind of stuff together and kind of see it visually. Uh, Microsoft's timetable for the rollout of these new features uh, starts as early as next week. Uh, with uh, people who are in the preview for OneDrive uh, for the web and OneDrive for mobile apps. Uh, larger participation pool should be tapped for 2024, though, for anybody who's going to be in a public preview. So basically what they're saying is maybe 2024, you'll see it over in your channel. Exactly. Uh, if, <laughs> if, you, if you can, it's it's like if you have like the student ID or it's like you can lie that you're an admin somehow, you can get into that like uh, uh, private preview, but yeah, for everyone else, you're you going to have to wait to 2024 to even get a taste of this new OneDrive. But but on, on a more serious note, I think uh, I think this, this is pretty good for OneDrive. I think, um, you know, it's good to see them adding features. OneDrive to me, like I had just mentioned a minute ago, has felt kind of stale over the last few years. I have felt like, you know, it needed something added to it. And it's nice to see that we're getting more collaboration. The admins are getting more control over what they allow. 
they're making things easier to move one drive between tenants. I think that's a big deal because companies, you know, move and have different divisions that may not always have the same one drive subscription. You take your worldwide organization, they may have a different subscription in another country than what they might have at their office here in the U.S. And when people move, it's nice for the admins to be able to easily move their data. So way to go, Microsoft. Keep the features coming and don't leave anybody out when you deploy them. Let everybody have it. Let everybody play. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to our final discussion. It's not going to be a long one because we're kind of rehashing something, but we thought we'd give you the update on it because it's re it's relatively big. We have Microsoft and Activision could become one as soon as Friday the 13th, which is next Friday for those of you who, or whenever you watch this, uh, Friday the 13th, 2023. So again, if you watch this a year from now, you know when the date happened. Uh, Microsoft's $68.2 billion bid for Activision Blizzard is nearing its long-awaited conclusion, uh, with Microsoft about to push ahead and make a formal announcement that the deal is practically done uh, as early as October 13th, 2022. Uh, and this is, we're getting this information from sources who spoke with The Verge. So again, we're not reporting this as fact. Uh, they aren't even reporting it as fact. They're just saying that people who are familiar with the announcement, who are familiar with the dealings are saying that Microsoft is prepping for this. So again, uh, it doesn't mean it's gonna happen. Uh, Microsoft has, uh, I mean, yeah, Microsoft has between now and the 13th when they make this announcement to hear back from the CMA on its uh, official uh, approval of it. They gave a provisional one, uh, I think a week and a half ago, uh, based upon uh, the restructuring of the deal. I think we mentioned that, we'll briefly go over it a second time, which is uh, they're gonna offload Activision's cloud uh, streaming licensing uh, business to Ubisoft, which will now be the arbiter of all current and uh, future Activision games that uh, have the potential to be streamed. Uh, they will be that business uh, orator and uh, they will uh, determine what deals, what pricing and uh, negotiate all that stuff for the next 15 years. This isn't in perpetuity, but this is for the next 15 years. Uh, they will manage that while Microsoft uh, manages the rest of Activision's regular uh, gaming studios and uh, publishing. Uh, the, as far as the deals for the people that, you know, Microsoft made promises, 10-year deals to Nintendo, NVIDIA, Steam, and a bunch of other uh, cloud streaming services already, those still stand. Uh, its provisions and its approvals in the EU, those still stand as, as is. Uh, what this basically does is just set up Microsoft to say, hey, you know, we are, we've met our deadline, because again, they extended their deadline from July to October, uh, so they don't have to pay Activision any more money. I think that they're late fee was about $4 billion. So they'll, they'll shovel out the $4 billion to get this deal done. Um, and we could be saying Activision and Microsoft uh, start making moves as early as the 13th. Now, this is all being said with the caveat that the US Federal Trade Commission uh, is still uh, an outlier and they're waiting for their appeal to the preliminary injunction they had in July that they lost. Uh, and they were also opening up their own administrative case. Uh, I believe they have to wait a few weeks after they hear back from the injunction, which again, it's all set that they are probably going to still lose that. So uh, their own investigation could start as early as November. Uh, we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, but they, they could undo Microsoft's deal. But I think as far as Microsoft's business is concerned, uh, it's, it's a done deal. Uh, they're going to move forward. They're going to probably start making plans. And with the FTC investigating, I think at worst it can be undone. At best, they make some concessions. Uh, they maybe offload some other parts of the business uh, that may appease the FTC as well. 
But again, as of the 13th, Microsoft and Activision could be one business. Finally, you know, and, and, and that's kind of what I want to say there. You know, I think the arguments are over. I think it's finally happening. We have talked about it on this podcast for what seems like almost years now at this point. And maybe we have talked about it for more than more than a year, but I, it's been a 20 month long process. I find it interesting that, you know, it's happening on October 13th, you know, for all those people that are a little bit, you know, superstitious about it being Friday the 13th. I do find that a little interesting. And I think the, I don't think it's strange that it's happening now. And Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 comes out just two weeks, two and a half weeks after that. I don't know that there'll be a move made there to say, hey, here it is on Game Pass, but I do notice something interesting that may or may not be related, so I'm just going to throw it out there and let you guys chew on it over the weekend. If you've paid attention to the Modern Warfare 3 beta that starts in just uh, about a week, week or so, if you notice PlayStation is getting preferential treatment and more playtime over the Xbox platform and even over the PC platform. So, you know, it's kind of making me wonder, is there a move made that, okay, we're done on the 13th. Guess what? When Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 comes out the first part of November, there it is on Game Pass. You know, does it happen that quickly? I don't think Microsoft is going to waste any time making moves. Now, because they've got to make $70 billion back. They've got to make that money back. And there's somebody in Microsoft right now that's tapping somebody on the shoulder, the financial guy going, you realize we've got a $70 million million hole over here that we've got to fill in. So it's coming. Just when is the question? I don't know if it's going to be that soon. It may be next year. I think what they have to do is they have to work out the business aspects with Ubisoft. They have to work out the cloud licensing uh you know to stream i mean the the technology to stream it as well i don't think they're going to start off with the call of duty being the made the biggest game that's taxing the most server uh, resources uh, and not have this all figured out beforehand i think they're going to start dipping their toe into it with older games maybe world of warcraft becomes the first uh that could be a big uh, game pass game and then they move on to call of duty once they have everything figured out where they they figure out the money that goes to Ubisoft, the money they have to pay, the money that uh, gets back to them through uh, letting, allowing it to everyone else. Because again, remember, the second that they turn it to Game Pass, they have to allow it to everybody. So that, that advantage that they would perhaps have over Sony gets nullified because everyone else has access to it. And Sony will have access to it as a streaming uh, service as well. So I think they're going to want to wait uh, to do that. Uh, and like I said, I, I don't think it's going to be very long. I do believe, you know, maybe... We see January uh, or February of next year, but I think they're going to have to figure out all the logistics before that. And I don't think they'll have that figured out by the 13th because technically they're not allowed to, to work on that kind of stuff just yet. Uh, but that's just my, my two cents. You don't think the Christmas season will see something? Uh, as far as from, from Microsoft and Activision, not yet. Maybe we'll get some announcements and games that they've been holding back on. Some properties that they're maybe working on or some DLCs. But I think as far as Game Pass itself, I don't think they're going to be relying on any of the Call of Activision stuff just yet, at least not the, the Call of Duty things. Like I said, I think maybe World of Warcraft or uh, maybe Diablo. Uh, they, that they start would be a to, good one. 
they start to move that kind of in that direction. But I think they really want to take their time with the way that they kind of navigate Call of Duty because it's been such a, a tentative thing. And they remember they still have FTC to get through, so they can't just go say, "Hey, here's Game Pass," and FTC is like, "Yeah, before you get started, let's rewind the clock back on that." Because uh, they still have to get the approval from them as well. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep talking about it, unfortunately. But we do know that two of the biggest hurdles are out of the way with just the FTC following. So uh, maybe our coverage on this will be a bit lighter. Uh, we're going to wrap it up, uh, get you guys going about the rest of your weekend. Uh, do you want to tell them about your hardware that you got coming up? Well, we've got some fun hardware coming up. We've got a gaming monitor from Monoprice coming up. We have the new Surface laptop coming up uh that should be here today we'll be cracking that open and seeing where we're headed with that we have a series for you network admins out there that are interested in backing up your office 365 we're working with synology to show you how to back up your office 365 back up your office pcs even your personal pcs oh and you can do that for free because there is no licensing you just have to buy the device and you know, the device can do more than that, and we will get into that when we talk about it in our review. We've got the Lenovo Chromebook Plus, as we saw this week or in some of the Google announcements, that there is a plus line for Google Chromebooks, where Google has basically drew a line in the sand and says, look, if you want to be plus, you have to hit these CPU specs, you have to have this battery life, kind of like the uh, Intel Evo for Windows for laptops. Push, yeah. yeah, yeah, or that and, and that as well. So I have cracked that open, took a look at it. It is a step above your basic everyday Chromebooks. I'm interested to see where that takes me. Yes, folks, I do like my Chromebooks. Um, other than that, we've got a few things in the works, but those are the main things you'll see coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I got a couple monitors to go. I got the Dell 24 Touch, which is uh, what I have initially dubbed the uh, Surface uh, monitor because uh, it's the only thing that kind of bends and folds and has touched the same way that the Surface one does. Uh, that should be coming out next week. Uh, I am finishing up my Z Flip review. That should be probably out uh, this Friday as we speak. Uh, so go check that out if you are interested in foldables or more uh, consumer friendly version of it. Uh, it doesn't just follow a niche tablet audience. Uh, then I got the Surface Laptop Studio 2, Things of Beast. It's heavy. Uh, I am reviewing it. got it uh, this weekend. I didn't feel uh, confident enough to give you a full review on it, but uh, I should be able to kind of give you the gist of it by next week because it's roughly the same machine, just a bit more power. Uh, I got a couple microphones, and uh, I believe that should be it for next week's portion of review. So keep an eye out for all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you guys are interested in any of those kind of uh, topics or, or products, uh, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you about other things? Well, David PAJ1978. I've been hanging, that's on, uh, I'm going to still call it Twitter. I've been hanging out with some of the folks over there talking Microsoft stuff this week and talking about some of the Google Pixel stuff that was announced earlier this week with the 8 and the 8 Pro. So if you're interested, jump over there and hang out and um, may put some pictures up of the surface laptop when it comes in this afternoon so jump over there and we'll have a little fun cool you can find me at mindhead one on uh twitter uh that's what we'll call it uh, you can find me at cream anderson on threads uh again most of the time when i'm not uh talking uh technology i'm talking comics so if you're interested in those two things come hit me up 
other than that, we want to bid you adieu. You guys go have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Thank you for spending some time with us. Have a good weekend, folks. Thanks again.